0: Blog Talk
1: Radio. Hey, this is Javon from Jamaica, and you are listening to the Haitian Freethinkers Radio Show. Good morning, everyone. My name is Reggie, and like Javon said, this is the Haitian Freethinkers Radio Show brought to you by the Haitian Freethinkers. If you are unaware of who we are, we are one of the world's few secular groups for Haitians. That is to say, if you are atheist, if you are a free thinker, agnostic, etc., uh, then this is the group for you. Um, you can find us online at just org, which is our uh, website. If you are on Facebook, the group is on Facebook, the page is on Facebook, <clears throat> and um, we are on Twitter, which is how my guest um, Block found us and uh, we did a previous uh, interview via Skype but it was um, not the best quality so we decided to get back together and after a few months now today is the day today is June 19 uh, Tuesday June 19 the time is approximately 9.31 Eastern Standard Time so we're going to take an opportunity to talk to Block, get to know him a little bit and um, yeah so The purpose of these interviews is just to reach out to individuals like Block and anybody else who might be listening worldwide to let them know that they are not alone. So, without any further ado, Block, good morning.
0: Good morning. Good morning, ladies.
1: Good morning. So, uh, for those who will eventually uh, hear this broadcast, uh, I'll give the floor to you to let them know a little bit about who you are and, you know, basically a little, you know, basic bi- biography about you. All
0: right. So about me, I uh, left um, the Christian belief at the age of 22 uh, with, by given a choice, given to me by a, a youth. A Christian hangout at a pastor's house, and then all these get-togethers every Saturday. So there was like two choices written on paper, and you have to choose one. And I choose the other that I'm not sure if I believe. And that's where I started to go off from there. And it's just I'm just looking back at my life and seeing what was promised. When I when it was little, it never actually occurred. The whole divine providence thing, uh, following these uh, biblical uh, doctrine laws, it didn't do much with my life. It probably even made it worse, especially with my uh, my family and my mom. And so now I am have to sort of figure out who I am but especially when I'm not no longer in part of this church community I barely talk with any other Haitian people except for my mom and a few others but that's about it.
1: okay so you left the Christian faith at 22 so how old are you now just so I can get an idea how long ago that that, that was.
0: Well, it sort of came in phases, really. I mean, I had my doubts even before. And I have to, like, reaffirm just a whole, like, some sort of false positive thinking type of thing, you know? And just just hoping, like, I'm just sitting there, like, waiting for something to happen. But it never did. So I just... It all... Even when I was, like, 16 where we were supposed to have this... It, 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 this, this cliché narrative of... when you're watching... well, watching this... Um, the movie by Mel Gibson... called The Passion of Christ... that we were supposed to have this... that the conclusion after finishing... we were supposed to have this... emotional revelation... which is bring us closer to... Jesus Christ and God... and I didn't have none of that... and also going to, like, a faith healing event. Um, Sort of feeling the energy of God or the Holy Spirit didn't work out. I didn't feel it.
1: Okay. Uh, So which denomination were you part of?
0: It wasn't me who was a part of the denomination. I had to just follow what my mom believed in, and she sort of, like, had this... um, Mismatch of Pentecostal, uh, Baptist, and I don't know, Protestant. And it's sort of like, I mean, I'm joining a group right now that I go to every Sunday, but not like every week sometime, and they, they describe them to this, this sort of denomination in this ritual that I go through, like, like the, the, the entire church setting, they, they, to them, it sounds like a cult, but I'm, I'm like, that's my first time. I'm surprised to hear that even though like for me raised on this, it was sort of like normal. And even if you go to other churches outside of that, to like an American Baptist church, it's like, to me, it's like almost no different. Mm-mm. My idea of a cult would be like uh, Jehovah's witness or these, uh, uh, quantum spiritualist people uh, I mean what I believe in would almost be considered as a cult but it's like reading the Bible or they were just basically emulating the practices of the Jewish mystics when it comes to anointing and oil and uh, I don't know Certain aspects of because it were sort of like they're more adherent in to the New Testament, but with uh, sort of the Old Testament type of mentality. But currently right now I'm reading, I'm currently reading Josephus and yeah, it's sort of like a precursor to the creation of the Bible itself. Like Josephus okay, so- is Okay, or to you go? Or
1: would you start? By that. No, I I just wanted to know what what work by Josephus um, are you reading? And, uh, and, and, and Antiquities just, just a, of the be, Jews. Okay. okay. And just and... just just so that we can backtrack, I know who Josephus is. I know the book that you're talking about. Let Let's assume that people don't know who this is. So who is Josephus, and why is he and that book very important to the Christian uh, story?
0: Well, he was not, like, I'm I'm not even finished with the book, but I have heard about his works, and he sort of never actually wanted to even do this. He was basically a war historian, and he was captured by the Romans during the Jewish-Roman War or the Jewish Rebellion in, I don't know, somewhere around 66 AD. He was captured. Uh, he devised a... Like, there was this plan by these uh, the zealots to sort of not allow himself to be captured, to have to kill each other in rounds, one by one, in a, in a circle. And he sort of positioned himself in a way to avoid that. So he had to be the last person. After that, he actually succeeded in doing that, and then he allowed himself to be captured by uh, Titus the Spacian. Titus' father sort of left early in this expedition to sort of quell this Jewish rebellion to become emperor after uh, Emperor Nero killed himself, I think. Yeah. So, I don't know, like, he goes on to Rome, becomes the story in this quarter, and gets adopted into this Vespasian family dynasty and there were a lot of um powerful elite Roman politicians and sort of curious about the the Jewish culture and so I don't know, like somewhere around ninety nine and eighty he decides to write this book. I think there's twenty volumes of it. And basically, from what I'm reading, it's basically the Old Testament, with then it goes on into the Jewish war, which he wrote before the Antiquities. And yeah, and this was written probably two or three centuries before uh, the Council of Nicaea and started to compile all the books together and to create the, the the first... I think the Bishop's Bible that was created first. I'm not sure. Uh, but that was a, probably a thousand years later after that. Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. And uh, you are currently located in uh, Ottawa, Canada, correct? Yeah. And uh, you, you mentioned that because... You're no longer a believer uh, you know you kind of that affected your social circle i mean uh, do you meet uh, are there a lot of Haitians in Ottawa? Because 'cause I've never been there There,
0: no, they're there, but they don't make themselves known as uh, in uh, in a sense of like presence as in like you see a lot of Haitians in Montreal or like a lot of patients in Florida, New York. Um, they are sort of like, sort of keeping themselves, I don't like, I mean, it's somewhat of a government town. So I'm guessing like, I might be wrong, that they're sort of working in the t- 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 services And yeah, there's like the well, last time I went to it, like a Haitian church was like built six years ago, and there were not a lot of people there, so it was basically at that house of a pastor until he sort of decided to had the money to rent to, to lease a space in a in a in a community center. So, I mean, my mom right now currently goes to a church that's run by a pastor who has, like, other churches in Montreal, so it would not come out to Ottawa as often because this is, like, after this pastor's dad died that he had to take over. So, yeah, like,
1: yeah. Uh, I remember the last time we spoke, you were telling me about the influence of your uncle. With with uh, your mom and everything, wasn't he a pastor?
0: Yeah, he he. he I'm not sure if he is right now. Um, so to backtrack from like what we discussed earlier, um, it all goes back to where they my my mom and her family came from, and she was like born. In government.
1: I'm sorry. And she was born in what?
0: Uh, okay. 1956. I think uh, Francois Duvali Papadopoulos came into power in '57.
1: Okay, if I'm correct.
0: Yeah. And so, so she was raised in that era, and probably stayed there for like a long time. close to almost 30 years there. And so I'm I'm assuming my family were juvenile supporters and probably my uh, grandfather worked for the government. Now, I don't know, know much about the history. My mom has currently right now some form. I'm not sure if she had these mental illness. I don't know if it is one. One could call it a Schizoaffective disorder, or some form of malignment. I I forget the other word for the one that's called where you sort of doses have you well, know, accounting am uh, counting those dissociative disorder. So
1: okay.
0: it's sort of messes with uh, memories I guess and so, so she would tell me about her past and some of it involves supernatural occurrences but from what I've gathered if I just sort of put a objective thought through it is that my grandfather divorced my uh, my grandma like I don't know when probably when she was little and, and probably my uh, grandfather would want to seek out other women it probably turns out that he had uh, other families that he was, uh, or other kids were partnering with other women and sort of created a sort of mess, let down generational line. So it's like a split. And yeah, so mom was raised in just her and her brother and I don't know, like after, probably after the divorce, they lost the support. And my mom always keeps emphasizing how I've probably during that time, her mom became a Christian sort of through proselytization uh, with, I don't know, someone from outside, probably a missionary. Um, so that was a major probably influence in my mom's life. Well, she keeps emphasizing this being converted, how that she sort of emulates my mom's or the, everything from when she was little, how she was raised, because of how her mom converted to Christianity and how she was sort of instilled that on me. And, but it's sort of. The well, the thing, with, the problem with that is, it might seem like you're trying to fix something to r- repeat history to fix something, but it usually never works. And I'm guessing this guy uh, thinks things could work. It's, tr- it's traditional. It's uh, it's a heritage of some sort, but it's sort of. To me, it's a delusion. Uh, to me, I to to break away. From it, I don't believe in this sort of stuff anymore. I mean, it could work in a place like in Haiti, where there's sort of not much of a enlightenment going on in Haiti, where everything is strict and super conservative, and everything's communal. Commu- Communal or community based or tribal based. But if you move, if you transition into like a, a first world country like the States or somewhere in the West, these values don't hold because there's like a lot more information out there that you could access beyond the tribalism or the community based uh, bubble.
1: Okay um so so what what do you think we need to do to kind of change that? like I'm interested in exposing people uh to this information, but really, my first um order of action is to kind of reach out to whoever is like you and i and and how do you propose that we do that especially in the Haitian community down in Haiti?
0: Um, it's kind of hard to tell. I mean, you've actually uh, referred me to a video by the Jehovah's Witness about how they should sort of admonish or assail homosexuality. I mean, you've seen, uh, like, it was in Creole, and then you sort of uh, gave a commentary about how it's sort of a... um, Sort of a mind control type of uh, mind controlling propaganda. It right. affects the psychology of people. It's sort of turn them into bigots. And you know, to not like someone who who is think is a different way, who don't think the same as you, it's it's not good. And fortunately. Uh, I wish we could do this by force just through these kind of poisonous organizations organizations out in Haiti who come in, in disguise of uh relief and first aid care or uh to but usually they do this for for money as usual and i mean. I mean, are you aware of the like the situation with in Uganda?
1: Which which situation in particular?
0: Uh where I don't know, there had this American pastor who starts to sort of recruit this um up and coming Ugandan pastor and they sort of propagating is this anti homosexuality campaign and they actually turned it into a law. And it just sort of—I'm pretty sure you should be aware of it because it's like on YouTube. It comes in the form of a documentary.
1: Yeah, uh, I—I know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, the, the one that um, Starbucks somewhat funded. <laughs> um, yeah, it's—it's it's stuff like that that's just—that's not good at all. It's, it's destructive. Um I mean there's like bigger problems beyond the bigger than homosexuality as in sort of politicians paying witch doctors to sort of go after little kids and sort of killing them in order for, in, in some ritual in order to get a better election outcome. And it's in You just chose to focus on something. I mean, this also like this campaign led to a death of a uh, a gay activist.
1: Yeah, David
0: Ko. Yeah. And it's it's like uh, East Germany now. Like people are watching each other's backs or like spying on each other and trying to sort of. You know, sort of a behavioral control to sort of to see to make sure that they they stay in line, and you know, no one can come out. And if you do come out, they they'll report you to the police, to call the cops on you, and be thrown in jail. Like you could possibly even be killed in a jail site for coming out as gay. I'm not sure if the situation right now is that extreme. But it's just it's kind of fucked up.
1: It is, and you know the situation is is a little bit better in Haiti, but not too too much uh, better. Uh, I've actually made contact with a group in in Haiti called Courage, which is the only uh, pro LGBT group that I know uh, in Haiti. Spoke to like the founder or the president. Um, some time ago, and I actually was able to make contact with another uh, group called uh, Brighter Brains International. A guy by the name of Hank Pellissier. He uh, does great work in the Uganda, and he's actually looking for people in Haiti to go and do humanitarian work um, that is secular. So I'm 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 trying to find anybody that can find leads for him to work with. Uh, so. All those things are, are very well-connected, obviously, because the religious like to talk about how moral they are, how um, kind that they are, but yet they're known to cause a lot of issues, such as the Ugandan situation with uh, homosexuality. <clears throat> we have about five minutes and 40 seconds left um, in the in the program. The time has gone by really, really fast, I know. Um, so I know you, you've met up with some individuals with uh, the Center for Inqu- Inquiry to try yeah. to build up some camaraderie in, in the secular community. How's that going?
0: Yeah, it's going good. Um, it's sort of they have a segment called Living Without Religion. So if, it's for anyone who can come in who are who is, is still believing or who is doubting or who is trying to in the process of coming out of it. And for me, I'm still in the process of coming out of it. I they also referred me to some counseling resources, which I am taking. And you know, it's sort of trying to redo a redo in your life because I've been raised in some very badly perceived stuff. Like I'm a probably a victim of mal perception, like basic disingenuous lies, bullshit. I mean, to think that I would have to sort of hinge my life based on a a, a God or some sort of supernatural entity, and, and they have this control over circumstances or reality, and you could have control over that to sort of sway to have throw over by praying. It's just, I've done it many times. I've tried and it just, it never worked out. And that's what made me laugh. Because it's, I mean, I mean, it it all starts with, uh, when when you're little, they teach you this stuff. Even before you're 10, like five, six, seven. You know, it's, I mean, like they teach you this, and it like it will probably take you a longer time to get out of it. Unfortunately, like if, if there were some people like I know and who were basically from when they were little, at five they didn't believe in it. You know, they wanted actual evidence, to, and, and like like right now, like in to see in front of their eyes, see if any of the things that are occurring in the and the Bible could actually happen in front of their eyes and it did happen. They sort of, they don't want to believe it, you
1: know. Sort of. Okay, so um, if you were to, to talk to your younger self or anybody who went through something similar, how would you, what would you tell them to encourage them to like keep the course and, and uh, you know, hold hope?
0: Well, a lot of people would sort of take the scientific approach or like read the Bible again and sort of read it objectively and not literally or like there are some motifs and uh anachronisms and lessons in the Bible, but there's just it's just allegory and if I were to tell yourself what you would do, it's well, actually, it, it, I prefer to go back in time and tell my mom not to believe this, not even to have me, because she had me as a baby in a sort of reckless manner, and I, like, I don't even know who my father is, and I had an argument with her, and she told me how that oh, he saw her in his eyes that he didn't love her, and so he left. And he didn't, she, she didn't make an effort to chase after the guy to sort of remind him of this responsibility that he had to take care of, you know, but. Okay. Uh, I'm not sure if I, like you've heard someone in self and almost little is to sort of don't just read other sources of information. If there's a doubt in your head, just just follow it. Follow it like it's your gut instinct. And But I'm not sure if that would be possible. But, like, especially when you're little, like, there's, like, no room of freedom as a Haitian kid. So I'd probably prefer going back in time to tell my mom to just get out and don't have me. Wow! Uh, you your life according to your principles, or what you've just find. Seek alternative information. Don't be stuck with this shit. Hello.
1: Okay. Yeah, I'm here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I still hear you a little bit.
1: Okay. Uh, that's, right. that's 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 pretty strong advice there.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, um. Okay, so we have about ten seconds left, uh, unfortunately, uh, but um, we can do another continuation in the future. Um, okay. I want to thank you for joining me this morning, uh, and I want you to continue to do, you know, the great work with CFI, Ottawa, and okay. uh, any any last words you want to share with the people before we go.
0: Uh.
1: Hmm.
0: Uh, for me, uh, I guess you—if you have a doubt in your mind, uh, there's questions that are are constantly beating at your head. Just, just seek some answers, and don't allow anyone outside to sort of tell you to sort of, oh, do not doubt. Don't like fall into this trap of Pascal's wager. Just get a get out of that bullshit and start reading some Richard Dawkins, some uh, Christopher Hitchens
1: Okay um, All right, well, with that um, we're going to conclude the show. Thank you again for this uh, interview and uh, for everybody who is listening to this uh, in the future. Uh, we are available on iTunes. The podcast is Haitian Freethinkers Radio show. You can also find us on Google Play, uh, Stitcher Radio, um, and other places. I'm sure. Just Google the Haitian Free Radio Show, and you'll find us. Uh, until next time, my name is Reggie, and this has been Block and Interview Block. And we'll see you next time. Bye.